0: Today, we'll be speaking with Ann Kefeber, uh, recently retired as a managing director at Accenture, where she served as the lead for the health analytics practice in North America. Um, she's also worked for IMS Health, IBM for a number of years, um, the Rome Corporation, which is part of IBM, and the Honeywell Corporation. So, Ann, you have worked at a number of large Uh, professional service consulting firms over the years and and I'm curious what are the three things that you have seen in your years as a consultant that work to drive business development
1: it's a it's an interesting question and I've thought a lot about you know the players that I've worked with um, and what really um, distinguishes those that are super successful And I think there are a couple of things that really distinguish um, excellent business development um, professionals. One is a really clear two-way communication strategy. They articulate a point of view very clearly, um, express the differentiated capabilities. Uh, They work to use a common language with the client. um, And then they validate, they really um, ensure that it's a two-way dialogue around an understanding of those points of view. So that's number one, a two-way communication um, strategy. And then the second one is to have a really well-thought-out plan that uh, is a persistent plan to develop a relationship with an account, with a buyer of a particular opportunity, um, but it's know, doing the research to know a lot about a, the account, know who the players are uh, within that, establishing depth and breadth, um, and understanding the competition. So it's, those are sort of the elements of, of a really in-depth plan. And then um, relationships, um, and you can't say too much about establishing multi-dimensional relationships with those players that are involved in the account or involved in a particular opportunity pursuit.
0: So let me ask you about each of those. We'll start with the last. Um, See, so, You know, you say it's important to develop multi-dimensional relationships with the stakeholders that you're serving in a client company. What's that look like? You know, you fly across the country, you show up at their headquarters and in New York, you, you you spend a couple working days. What else do you do to sort of try and deepen the relationship?
1: I think the most important thing is to make sure that it's not a sales pitch every time that you interact with a, your client or the or the the whole community. That, that there's you know a professional side. Of the relationship but there's also a personal side and as that relationship develops over time it can even become you know more of a community-based relationship so that it isn't you know again really just a sales pitch or you want information from the person that you're working with um, all the time on a particular opportunity or even just
0: on the overall relationship. So I mean I want to get really granular here so I'm in the client company. Does that mean, you know, writing down my kids' names and, and remembering that my daughter is about to graduate from college, or does it, does it mean uh, knowing that I love baseball and buying me Mets tickets and saying let's go out to the ball game? Or does it mean going out to dinner? Like, what in your experience, what, what has, what's been the the biggest bang for the buck and and, and the, the most authentic?
1: Yeah, authentic is the word that I wrote down and think is most important. And it evolves over time as you start to um, work with people over time, that relationship uh, changes and differs. So, and it can be all of the dimensions that you talked about, uh, particularly on the personal side, common areas of interest. I've seen uh, consultants and clients, uh, <laughs> you know, find areas that they're interested, things like playing bridge. At uh, at a high level, or poker, um, involved in you know
0: horses,
1: um, music, and that can really spur a different type of uh, relationship, where uh, the client is you know really um, intent. They're going to call you um, because they have a personal relationship. They're thinking of you more often uh, than not. So that area of common interest is important. But on the professional side, you. You have to work that in, too, because it's not just a personal relationship, and it can be two things. It can be, one, all about what's going on in the company, so staying aware of all of the news about what's going on in the company, providing um, the client information. Uh, that they may or may not be aware of or context about what's going on in their own company. Sometimes it's amazing that sometimes um, consultants will know and get information that, uh, that their client, at a, even at a VP level, is unaware of about the company. So providing that knowledge and currency of information and then, on an industry level, inviting those uh, your clients to participate in committees or getting on a committee that uh, you know that they're involved in that uh, needs help. So uh, you know reaching out and being uh, participating that way. And also inviting them to um, joint publish thought leadership articles um, or present at uh, conferences. These are all ways that uh, professionals in an industry you know, develop their uh, portfolio, uh, their resume, and you can really help uh, your client become successful. That's a big theme of making your client outrageously successful in their career.
0: uh, Your second point was have a plan. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times in big organizations that's called account planning, where either you're looking at an existing account across the portfolio of services that you offer and saying, hey, how could we... Uh, meet new people, cross-sell within the organization, deepen our relationship with the organization. Um, and when it comes to sort of new opportunities, it means sitting down and asking who, who has a relationship and what's the best way to sort of build a relationship with, with a, a potential client. What have you seen on the account planning side that's particularly affected? What are, what are the two or three best practices as you sit down and look at a prospect?
1: I think um, understanding the account comes in um, the dimensions that you talked about, um, knowing the strategy of the account and the different divisions within an account and how those strategies uh, interrelate. I once um, took a client to benchmark with a Japanese firm, and it was It was uh, quite astounding that they actually, one division indicated to us that they were in fact in competition with uh, their other division. Um, And just, you know, you wouldn't expect that, but it was every way that they thought about what they were doing from a product development perspective. It wasn't about the competition, um, you know, in the industry, it was about competition within. So those type of things that, you know, can catch you as you develop um, your plan, really understanding what motivates the people that are participating, um, and mapping them out, mapping out what their points of view are, what their biases are, whether or not they have particular relationships inside the firm that are important to understand, whether or not they have relationships with external consulting firms, other concerns consulting firms that are the competition. So I always think about it in in three ways in terms of understanding the people. Who is the decision maker? This is for a particular opportunity. Who is the decision maker? You know, either from a political perspective, from a financial perspective, you know, who's going to be involved in actually making the decision, who has a vote? Who are the influencers who can, you know, who will ask the deep questions, who is relied on for their point of view, but they don't actually get a vote? And then who has the veto power? I once saw a a big deal uh, fall apart when it was, everybody thought it was a done deal. And um, it was a a veto that came from left field. And so you really need to look for and map across the firm it, those players on a particular opportunity, and that can also be done at an account planning level as well. When you go into the year and you think about all the opportunities that uh, you want to pursue and areas you want to get involved in with the client, those mapping of uh, players is a very important thing to
0: do. You know, all this is in service of creating that kind of dialogue, the two-way communication that you spoke of um, with clients or potential clients. There, there seems to be a tension, though, between Pushing out a point of view, what I think uh, you should do, and listening to what you think you should do, and, uh, and listening to you articulate your challenges in your language, how do you balance those two competing virtues as you develop a relationship with a, a client or potential client?
1: It is exactly what you're talking about. It's threading a needle. Um, If you are just uh, spitting back to the client what uh, they've told you, uh, there's no added value. And they, you know, pretty quickly uh, uh, can head a different direction. So uh, articulating that point of view is always in context of what the... Um, account strategy is in terms of you know what that corporate culture is, what their what their corporate strategy is, and then you look to marry what the what you understand about the industry best practices, the experience and uh, success and failure that you've seen uh, with other clients, and then it's almost important to have in your back pocket what the options are. You know, if there are always different paths to success, and there are pros and cons um, that you as a consultant will see from the experience uh, that you have with other clients or um, in industry, forums, peer groups that uh, you have participated in, sponsored, that kind of thing, um, that you can bring options forward, pros and cons, and walk helping a client walk through what those pros and cons are is almost as, you know, it's very valuable and it also give, is a way for you to get feedback on what you suggested to the client and a better understanding
0: of their reaction to what your uh, suggestion and your recommendations are. You know, in my experience, when you're trying to engage with someone that you don't know and you ultimately land a contract, it's always a hairy dog story. There's always a, it's a twisted Uh, trail that leads you from your first uh, thought that you might be able to serve a potential client to actually engaging. I wonder if you could share with us, you know, uh, uh, masking the names, um, a story of uh, business development, how you first uh, came up with the idea to to reach out to a client, and then um, how you ultimately created the... Web of relationships that allowed you to engage and finally serve.
1: Well, there are a number of to to think about. There, um, I guess one one um, experience recently that uh, was intriguing was the big change that's going on in the industry, um, the health industry over the last uh, years with the uh, the change in the Affordable Care Act and the change toward towards population health. A lot of clients um, that I was involved with in the health industry uh, were caught flat-footed. They weren't in a position to be able to ch- shift that and transform into taking care of a population at a price. They were very much fee-for-service um, oriented. So, you know, it's it's a dynamic industry. Um, clients are um, transition and need to change significantly. And the leadership of these organizations um, weren't on the same page. So a number of clients that I worked with over uh, the last five years um, had different perspectives of of what to do and how to do it, um, both within their uh, firms and also with their partners in the marketplace, so hospitals and physician groups working together um, in, in a particular market. So, just uh, taking these three items that we were talking about, we had a client that um, we met through a relationship development um, exercise uh, in terms of trying to get to know uh, the senior players in a particular marketplace, and um, the effort was establishing multidimensional relationship and through an industry committees. So, we identified um, a a a client that looked like they did need help, they wanted help, they were interested in the point of view that we articulated. So we got involved in helping them figure out how to use the data that they had across the firm and their implementation of a medical record uh, system to be able to help them shift towards population health and and, um, caring for uh, proactively caring for the patients um, that uh, they serve. It was, you know, we got engaged in it. We uh, helped them develop a strategy around that, um, and then it uh, it was interesting because you fall into that trap of really understanding uh, how do you get them to move from that strategy that they all agreed on. You know, the senior leadership team sat down. They Um, bought off on the uh, strategy. They all thought that was the right way to go. They voted. Um, And then uh, we went to shift towards implementing. And, you know, you get caught up in the uh, really understanding and needing to do a better job at uh, mapping the decision makers and influencers and the veto power. So, you know, projects can stall out because those influencers and veto holders um, are starting to react and exert their influence. And so, uh, you know, this is sort of the uh, path that you were talking about. You go into a bit of a stall mode to then have to move forward because you have to sell Um, sell it again and and remind everybody of, of, you know, sort of the business case that they'd all agreed on. And um, and it's a matter of constantly understanding those relationships, mapping them, deepening them, and understanding who outside the firm is also um, influencing them at the same time. So it's not just one cell, as you said. Um, You know, there's an interesting path um, down, um, and you can get caught at different points in time. Um, and have to push forward um, into the next cell to get the actual implementation and results uh, uh, done within, within an account.